Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. All right. Uh, welcome to yet another Sabbath school. Of course, today is October 22nd, right? And we know it's October 22nd is a memorable date for our Seventh-day Adventists. And so let us keep the events of that day in mind if we can. Amen? All right. And we know that that event is prefiguring another event, all right? Because new light is not independent of the old, but an unfolding of it. So as we go through this day, we'll look at some old history as usual, and then we'll take our time and try to bring it up to our history. Amen? Amen. All right, shall we reverently kneel for prayer? Amen. All right. So, um, the title, America's Divorce, is just what it says. We're going to go through some history showing um, a divorce uh, uh, that happened and one that is to come. That, that um, We see that the Bible pretty much um, explains it to us. So, as we go through it, we're going to look at the Declaration of Independence. Because what the Declaration of Independence is, it is a divorce. Right? But it's also marriage. Mm -hmm. Right? And in that one document, you have the, 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 the transition from one husband to another. And so we're going to look at that. We're going to get a little history lesson, not just Bible history. Well, this is Bible history. But, but American history, as well as church history. Amen? Amen? All right. So in Matthew 5 and verse 31, verse 31 and 32, the Bible says, it hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a what? A writing of divorcement. Same thing. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. So there's only one reason to put away your wife, right? Fornication. Amen? And if, if, if not for that reason, you're putting your wife in a position to commit adultery. All right? All right. So, let's continue. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 9, it says, The wife is bound by law as, her, as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband be dead, she's at liberty to marry to whom she will only in the Lord. I should have highlighted that. Amen. Only in the Lord. And um, this is not only for the wife, right? This is for the husband too. Okay, it goes both ways. I know it keeps, it's wife, but it goes both ways. So keep that in mind. Wife or husband, the law is the law. Amen? So now... Mm-hmm. Mm 
I understand, but if the husband is, 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 is in fornication, then what should the wife do? Because the Bible says God created man, male and female created he. Then, so she has that law also on her side. But I understand what, they, since the fall, man has been given a, yes, a higher position. Uh, so, but if the man is in, sin, in that kind of sin, then the law applies. So, um, but more often than not, the woman is the one initiating, which is terrible. But all right, um, let's look at the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776. It says, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to do what? To dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Okay, So when the United States found it necessary to divorce themselves from the old world, they also understood that the law requires them to declare their reason. Amen? That's what a bill of divorcement is. It's a declaration of reason for separation. Amen? All right. So let us continue. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are what? Created equal and that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for what? Light and transient causes. Right there. This is not what Christ, when they came to Christ and they said, didn't Moses say give them a bill of divorcement? Christ says not for everything. Right? Not for light and transient causes. Right? But for fornication only. The, the American people in that time, understood that in relation to nations. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, can I? I was going to say, implying in order that you have to have reason for the divorce. Yes. Matthew 23 was the reason. Okay, okay, we'll get there. Okay, okay, slow down. Praise God. Amen? Amen. The Holy Spirit is here with us. Amen? Amen? Already, the answers are provided. Praise God. Matthew 23 was the reasons for the divorce. All right? So, I mean, I, that, that will help me to, to go through that section quickly. Everybody just keep that in mind already. Amen? Amen. All right. So, the, 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 the Confederate uh, states understood that it wasn't a light thing they was taking on. Right? They was taking on something that was divine. Right? And they understood that. Mm -hmm. And so, that's, that's the reason for the Declaration of Independence. It's a divine document. Mm -hmm. Right? This is something we must understand. So continuing on, it says, 
And accordingly, all experience had shown, so they went back to the past, right? That mankind are disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, invinces a design to reduce them under what? Absolute despotism. What was the reason they came to for divorce? Usurpations that leads to absolute despotism. Now, you know how far you have to go to get to that point? I mean, you have to go really far, right? And so it says, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future uh, security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity with which, which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over the states. To prove this, let the facts be submitted to a candid world. All right? So they, they, didn't, they didn't just wake up and they said, we're going to prove why we're divorcing. Right? Therefore, in marriage, this is why... You had to go to court. It's not, it's not wrong. You had to go and prove that this woman was, 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 was not fit for marriage. Right? But what did, the, what, did, what did the world do with that? Many states have something called no-fault divorce. You just got to say you want it. And it's given to you. Yeah, well, an, yes. Annulments is within a certain time of um, the marriage. I think within a year, something like that. It's as, it's as if it never was, the annulment. But in heaven, don't, 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 um, heaven's annulment takes place at the second coming, when the wicked will be as there never. never was, right? So, um, continuing on. Now, I only highlighted the first reason. He has what? Refused to assent to laws, right? And, and in this case, I would make the king of, 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 of England, the male, and the United States, the female. And she's laying out her reasons for this divorce, right? All right, so the first part, I only, I'm only going to take this first part. He refused to ascend to laws. Everything else that follow is without law, right? All of these things, uh, you, I, I will let you read them on your own time because it's a lot, right? Page three, all the way down to the middle of page four, right? Please read that. See why America has made their decisions. Go ahead. All these same reasons that they put here will be reasons to use, yeah, we'll use against them. Yes. They'll end up doing the same thing. Yeah, you read some of them, you see like, yeah, the U.S. is going to end up doing the same exact thing as... Amen. Yeah. Amen. History teaches us yeah. the future. Well, right? All right. So, continuing on, this is still the Declaration of Independence. They're talking. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for what? For redress. Sorry, page four. Everybody there? Middle of page four. All right. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitions, petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. How should we approach 
the issues in our marriages? Humble terms. Right? This is what he says, in the most humble terms. Because you can't give the other party an excuse to say, well, I left because you was, a, you know, yeah, you, you can't do that, right? So it says, our repeated petitions have, only, have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince, a what? Whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a what? Tyrant is what? Unfit to be what? The ruler of a? Who is that prince? The prince of the power of the air. There was identifying the marks of Satan in that nation. Amen? Because they say any prince that fits this tyrannical character is not fit, fit to rule a free people. Satan was not free to rule in this earth. Right? And this is what the Lord is going to demonstrate at the end of the world. That he is not fit to rule a free people. Because the 144,000 is going to be a free people. And the Lord is going to give him all that all, all, all of the earth to do what? To rule a free people. And what is he going to do? He's going to try to kill them. Right? So America came up in such a manner. Right? They were throwing off Satan. Amen? Continuing on. Nor have we been waiting in attentions to our British brethren. We have been, we have what? Warned them from which message brings the warning? The first angel. Right? Listen to this. Let's go to the next bowl. We have reminded them. Second angel's message. Amen? Let's go to the last one. And have appealed to their native justice. Which, which, which angel brings justice in this earth? The third. But listen to this other one. And have conjured them. And you know why I bring that one? You know what it means to conjure? No, no. To appeal to an oath. The Revelation 18. Right? Because now she has become a cage of what? Why? Because she has made a Sunday law. So the Lord is now appealing to what? To the oath. Come out of her. My people who keep the Sabbath. Right? So right here in the Declaration of Independence is the principles of the first, second, and... Do you understand why? Because say, not until that time could a message be preached. In su could such a message be preached? Because America had to get to that point. And right here in the Declaration of Independence, they were showing that their minds were at that point. Amen. So, so, so they, so they, they, they bring. Um, also, if you look at that, it's originating, reaffirming, and confirming. Right. The warning originates the message. The, the, the second angel, which is Christ, reminds you of the first message, and the disciples come at the end, and what do they do? They bring the justice. Right. They say, look, if you don't follow, you're gonna die. Right. It, right here in the Declaration of Independence. Let us continue to the, the last bold. Now, the, the, the part that says usurpations. Are we there? Amen? The same um, quote, it says usurpations, right? On the conjured them. It says usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. Oh, that's a part of the last sentence. All right, no, nah, never mind. I didn't read it. I didn't read it. 
says, we have appealed to the native justice and magnanimity. Magnanimity is a higher sense of, self, of, of, of mind. So they appeal to their spiritual nature, their moral, their high moral nature, which is, which is bound up in whom? God. The third message appeals to God. If any man worship the beast and his, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of whom? God. This is an appeal to your higher sense of justice. All right? So then it says, and we have conjured them to the ties of common kindred, kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been what? Deaf to what? The voice of justice and of consanguinity. Consanguinity is familial relations, right? And the voice of justice, right? In whom do we find those two things? Oh, that's true. Well, that's not what I'm looking for. In Christ. He's our eldest brother. There go your familiar relationship. Yeah. And he's the voice of justice because judgment is given to him. Amen? And so what did they reject? They rejected Christ. This is what they're saying. They, they're throwing off Satan because Satan has rejected his kinship to Christ as well as God's just nature in making Christ ruler of this earth. Amen? Yeah, All right. So it says they have been too deaf. To, the, to those things. We must, therefore, acquiesce. And acquiesce means to, to do something quietly. All right? Quietly, the, uh, sorry, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind. How? As enemies in war or what? Or in peace. What, is, what does the Lord say? A friend of the world is what? is an enmity with God, right? But he says that they may make peace with me, that we may make peace, peace with him, right? So is it are you a friend of God or you're an enemy of God? And, 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 and they understood that, right? In order to, to, to live a true free life, they understood that either you agree with them in throwing off Satan and become their friend mm -hmm. or you disagree and become their enemy. enemy. Right? So they, they, they weren't blind to the fact that not all would accept their decision. Yeah. Amen? It's the same thing with uh, the gospel. Right? Yeah. It's us going from tyranny to independence. That's what happens when we get baptized the first time. Mm -hmm. But not all is happy for that move. Amen? Yeah. All right. So let us continue. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America... In, ge in general congress assembled, appealing to what? Who is the supreme judge of the world? God himself. This document came about because they appealed to God. It says, for the, recti for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that what? These united colonies, what you cannot have this separation without unity. This is something I want us to see. We'll see later on. You must be united in order to be able to throw off Satan. You follow? Whether it's united with God or united with your spouse or united with your church group, there must be a level of unity to gain that independence. All right? It says, and of the right, of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved 
from all allegiance to what? To Satan. And that all political connections between them and the, great, and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as a free and independent state have the full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may have a right to do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on what? Protection of divine providence on the voice of God. Yeah. Amen? Mm -hmm. We mutually pledge to whom? So they gathered a one relationship and they entered into yeah. another relationship with their own people. Yeah. With God as their witness. Amen? Amen? They, they went from one marriage into another. another marriage. And that's why the Constitution says, we the people. Right? That's the marriage. They, they, they put the, the terms of their marriage in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. We the people. And we, this is what we the people has decided. This is the agreement we've made under God. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Rashad. That's nice too because on October 22nd, when that, was, when that separation was fully in effect, mm -hmm. the Lord allowed um, those who followed him, followed with him into the most holy place. Into the bedchamber with Amen. So it was, yes. it wasn't until Amen. it wasn't until the time of the end Amen. that they were able to fully go in. They Amen. Actually, they left the, the All right. um they, they left the land natural and then October twenty second they left it spiritually right. went into the bed chamber. Amen. Rashad is going ahead. Well that's fine. That's fine. That just helps me to teach better. Amen. Amen. Alright. So now that we've read this. And I brought up earlier Matthew 23, right? And if you go to Matthew 23, I don't have it all in here because I, I, for time's sake, I didn't want to read too much. But Christ says, woe to the Pharisees, right? Woe to the scribes and Pharisees because they did this and they did that. Woe to them because they do this and they do that. Woe to them because they do this and they... Amen? Amen. All right. Christ was... Say again. He was making it plain to whom? All... Right? That, that, isn't that what they said in the Declaration of Independence? We therefore put forth our reasons so that all the world can see. Christ put forth his reasons so that all the world can see. Amen? Amen. And then he says, come out of her, my people. All right. So let's go to Matthew 23. Start with verse 34. He says, wherefore... Behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation." O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them with stones which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and what? Ye would no. not. How often had I petitioned you, yeah. right, for, for the good, but you would what? Would Isn't that what they said to, to Great Britain? We petitioned you. We warned you. 
This is what Christ is saying. How often did I warn you? How often did I ask for redress in the things that you did to me? But what did you do? You continued in your usurpations and tyrannical behavior. Amen. Then he said, behold, your house. Whose house? Your house is left unto you. Desolate. Christ checked out of that building. Amen. Let's drop down to Luke 19. Let's add another thought to it. It says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at, the, at least in this thy day, the things that belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, when thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side. Because they became an enemy to whom? To heaven. Yeah. Right? Because isn't that what the Declaration of Independence says? You either become a friend or a foe. A foe right? And if an enemy, then destruction. If you're an enemy of God, you don't have a house. Because this earth belongs to, to God. And if you're an enemy of the householder, he has all right to put you out the house. Amen? He says, and they shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And he went into the temple and began to do what? Cast out them which sold and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And in John 19, the Jews solidify their position. They said, we have no king but Caesar. Right? Right there. They, they, they divorce Christ in those words. Amen? 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 Bring them together. Christ gave his reasons. And what did they say when Christ gave their reasons? We have no king but Caesar. Right? So, let us read this quote. Ellen White ties that together. She says, when the Savior saw in the Jewish people a nation what? Divorced from God, he saw also whom? Profess Christ, a professed Christian church united to the world and the papacy. And as he stood upon all of it, weeping over Jerusalem till the sun sank behind the western hills, so he is weeping over and pleading with sinners in these last moments of time. Soon he will say to the angels who are holding the four winds, let the plagues loose. Let the darkness, destruction, and death come upon the transgressors of my law. Will he be obliged to say to those who have had great light and knowledge, as he said to the Jews, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are what? And Ellen White says, when he said that, the Jewish nation was what? Divorced from him. And she takes the, the Jewish nation and likens it to whom? The Christian world, who is in league with the papacy. Amen? So, Christ, um, Christ says, their house was left unto them desolate, pointing to the destruction of Jerusalem. And that from, from that moment on, we had to look at the Christian world. Amen? Yeah. And later on, the Christian world, we know they went in bed with the papacy. Right? All the way up to what year? 1798. Amen? So, we're coming into the 1260 under the heading, Still Married to Rome. Right? So, the Christian church 
is married to Rome during the 1260. Everyone's following? All right, let's see what Ellen White says in Great Controversy. It was, it was the desire for liberty of conscience that inspired the pilgrims to brave the perils of the long journey across the sea, to endure the hardships and dangers of the wilderness, and with God's blessing to lay on the shores of America the foundation of a mighty nation. Yet, yet honest and God-fearing as they were, the pilgrims did not what? Did not yet comprehend the great principle of religious liberty. The freedom which they sacrificed so much to secure for themselves, they were not equally ready to grant to others. Very few, even of the foremost thinkers and moralists of the 17th century, had any just concept of that grand principle, the outgrowth of the New Testament, which acknowledges God as the sole judge in human faith. The doctrine that God has committed to the church the right to control the conscience and to define and punish heresy was one of the most deeply rooted of papal errors. While the reformers rejected the creed of Rome, they were not entirely free from her spirit of intolerance. The dense darkness in which through the long ages of her rule, popery had enveloped all Christendom had not even yet been wholly dissipated. So when the pilgrims came to America, what did they come with? Same the spirit Same of the papacy. Yeah, right. and go ahead, Kinnard. Yes. They were not yet divorced fully. Amen. 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 Praise God. Said one of the leading ministers in the colony of Massachusetts Bay, It was toleration that made the world anti-Christian, and the church never took harm by the punishment of heretics. That was their mindset. Right? The, the regulation was adopted by the colonists that only church members should have a voice in the civil government. A kind of state church was formed. All the people being required to contribute to the support of the clergy and the magistrates being authorized to suppress heresy. Thus, the secular power was in the hands of the church. It was not long before these measures led to the inevitable result, persecution. Continuing on, GC 297, paragraph 1. The regulation adopted by the early colonists of permitting only members of the church to vote or to hold office in civil government, led to the most pernicious results. This measure had, had been accepted as a means of preserving the purity of the state, but it resulted in the corruption of the church. A profession of religion being the condition of suffrage and office holding, many actuated solely by motives of worldly policy, united with the church without a change of heart. Thus, the churches came to consist to a considerable, considerable extent of unconverted persons. And even in the ministry were those who not only held errors of doctrine, but who were ignorant of the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. Thus again was demonstrated the evil results so often witnessed in the history of the church from the days of Constantine to the present, of attempting to build a church 
by the aid of the state. Keep that in mind. They're attempting to do what? And, and on, she says from Constantine to present, right? And let me draw another line because I'm going to use the other line on top. We know that Constantine made a civil Sunday law, okay? So from this point forward, what is the, what is the, what is the United States going to do? Attempt to do what? To build what? By the aid of the? the by the aid of the state. But we should see, even before that, yeah. right, that things leading up to this point. Amen? Amen. All right. And like Kennard saying, then the Lord is going to have to do what? Call his people out. Yeah. Right? So let us continue. The union of the church with the state be the degree never so slight, while it may appear to bring the world nearer to the church, does in reality bring the church nearer to the world. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 2. Now, the reason why I'm going to Revelation chapter 2 is because it's the church of Thyatira. Amen? T-H-Y-T-I-R-A. Right? Revelation chapter 2. Let's look at the church of Thyatira. Oh, yes. Right? So, we just read about the pilgrims and they were in the church of Thyatira. Everyone's following? That they were a part of that church. And while they left Rome, they didn't leave Rome. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. They brought Rome with them. Right? And so persecution ensued in these United States. Right? Showing that Rome was still alive in the hearts of these people. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's go to Revelation 2. I, I never looked at this chapter in this way, but I, I, I like it now. It says, And unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works. And the last is to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest whom? They had the Catholic doctrine, right? Even after they came from that, they still suffered as that woman. It's, it was suffering the, the Catholics that brought him into that state in the first place. And even after they left, they still suffered the woman, Jezebel. Because a woman is a symbol for doctrine. Amen? And so they had that Jezebel doctrine that was leading them to persecution. In fact, it only leads to persecution. All right? Continuing on. Which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to do what? To do what? To commit what? What is the only reason you could divorce? Um, for fornication. fornication. And because when, once the Lord showed them this fornication, they were at liberty to do what? Leave. To leave. Right? And that's what the Declaration of Independence is. They saw it and they left. Amen? All right. Let's continue. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. And that space we know is the 1260 years of papal supremacy. It says, Behold, I will cast her into a... No rest for the wicked. Right, Val? I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit what? Adultery, Adultery with her into what? There you go. The great tribulation of the 1260. Right, Val? Because Jezebel don't repent? Great tribulation. But those who hold the doctrine of Jezebel, they will trust also into 
great tribulation. This is why the church suffered so much, because they held the doctrine of Jezebel. Amen? Continuing on. Uh, Except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he that searcheth the reins and the hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But I say unto you and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as what? Have not this doctrine, and which has not known the depths of Satan, it says, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. Praise God. Amen. This is assurance for the Sunday law. I, I want us to see that. Right? If you don't hold the doctrine of Jezebel, the Lord not putting that burden on you. Amen? Amen. All right. 25. But that which ye already have, hold fast. What? I Till I what? I Till I come. When did they thought Christ was going to come? 1844. All right. Christ says, what you have from this 1260 period, hold fast to it till I, till I come. All right. Let's continue. And he that what? Overcometh. Overcometh what? That woman Jezebel. Right. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him I will give what? Power over the nations. Keep that in mind. Those who overcome the 1260 period receive power over the nations. Let's continue. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And who rules with a rod of iron? Christ. So he's going to give them whom then? He's going to give that nation Christ. Amen? This is what he's saying. Because he's going to give them rule over the nations with a rod of iron. Christ is the one that rules with that rod of iron. Amen? And then it says, it continues, it says, um, As the vessel of a porter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the what? The morning star. Who's the morning star? Christ. Okay. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So those, who, those in this history who, who kept themselves aloof from the doctrines of Jezebel will be given power over the nations, and the morning star. And Christ says, hold fast till, till the morning star comes. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? All right. So now let's go to Revelation 13. Now we're up to 1798. Everyone's following? Yeah. All right. It's a nice little walk from the crucifixion all the way down to our time. It says, and I saw one of his heads that it was, it was what? It was what? Yeah. Wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed and all the world wandered after the beast. He that leadeth in, into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the what? Patience and the faith of the saints. Now the Lord gave me a thought one time, and I was reading this, and I was like, this verse is not completely fulfilled. The papacy were not killed. She was wounded. Right? So that part of that verse has to be fulfilled. Yes, amen. Where's the, where's the verse? 12. Yeah, it says, here is the, the patience of the saints. Amen. Yeah, 
Listen to this quote from Ellen White. Sister White confirms it, and I never knew she did. But she confirms it in those words. She says, Paul was given to him to continue for 42 months. And says the prophets, I saw one of his head as it was wounded to death. And again, he that leadeth in captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. The forty and two months are the same as the time times and the dividing of time. Three and a half years or 1260 days of Daniel 7. The time during which the papal power was to oppress God's people. This period, as stated in, the, in preceding chapters, began with the supremacy of the papacy, A.D. 50, 5, 538, and terminated in 1798. Listen to this. At that time, the Pope was made what? He was made what? He was not killed. This is what she says. It was made captive by the French army, and the papal power received its deadly wound. And the prediction was fulfilled. Which part does she quote? He that leadeth into captivity shall go into... The other part is not fulfilled. Amen. Amen. Revelation uh, 19, he come, it, with a two-edged sword, right? It comes on the horse. It's a sharp sword. Yes. So right here in this verse, she tells us only part was fulfilled. I love this. Right? What does Miller's rule say, Emily? What does Miller's rule say? We went over it last night. If one word lacks a fulfillment, what do you do? Look for a future development or another event. Amen? Right here. So we could see that part of this text was fulfilled and part of this text was not fulfilled. Amen? Continuing on. Remember, two things that God's people, those who hold on, to the doc true doctrine receive power over the nations and the morning star, right? Mm -hmm. Let's read the next quote. What nation in the new world in 1798 was doing what? Power. power over what? Power over the nations. This is a reward for those who keep the doctrine. They were to receive what? Power over the nations. What is the doctrine that we found in the Declaration of Independence? The doctrine of religious freedom, yeah. right? That's the doctrine that the papacy was burying yeah. under Thyatira. But those who understood and held fast, the Lord gave them power over the nations. This is why the United States receive what they receive. Amen? The United States, she says, is coming up in 1798, rising in power, giving promise of strength and greatness, and attracting the attention of the world, right? And by that, by that attraction, she was gaining power over these nations. Amen? The application of this symbol admits of no question. One nation and one nation only meets the specifications of this prophecy. It points unmistakably to the United States of America. Next quote, GC 392. Says the second angel of message of Revelation 14. What, what is that message about? Amen. Was first preached in the what? Summer of 1844. Now let me ask you a question. Who? Another question. What does Ellen White say? What does she like in the second message to? 
Christ, right? The first one, John, the second one. So she's talking about the message of whom? Christ. What, does Christ, what did Christ tell him? Hold fast till I? Well, he has come. On one level, none other personage than Jesus Christ came on August 11, 1840, right? And he says that message had a more direct application where? To the people that held the doctrine of religious freedom. That's what Revelation says. To those who hold fast to the truth, I will give them Christ and power over the nations. These United States received Christ and they received power over the nations. Amen? Amen. We see that in the Declaration of Independence and in the all that is embodied in there. America is a superior nation because of those documents. Amen? Alright. So now, the other part, though, is the church. Rashad mentioned, you have the land. That's, that was only dealing with the land. Amen? 1798 was giving them their nation. Amen? And Christ came into that nation with a doctrine. To do what? To now free the church from that error. So the church will also get Christ and power over the nations. Amen. Amen. Out of that man. Amen. Amen. So, uh, amen. Um, but the woman always falls first. Um, the, under the heading, the church, just go down to the part that says they were not free from errors. Amen. It says they were not free from errors. Talking about the Millerites under the midnight cry. Okay. It says, and I saw the mercy and goodness of God in sending a warning to the people of the earth and repeated the messages that led them to a diligent searching of heart and to study and the study of the scriptures that they might divest themselves from what? Of errors which have been handed down from the heathen and papist, right? So the nation had divested of the errors in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. But now the church were now to divest of the errors that were in their heart. Mm -hmm. Amen? All right. Let's go to the next one. And we know that culminates uh, August, October 22nd, 1842. They that were ready, right? They that, are, they that divested these errors, right? Went in with him and the doors, and the door was shut, right? So now we come to... Because we know God, God is progressive. Amen? And so they were free from errors, but they needed now that error to be replaced by something. Amen? And so the next quote says, on uh, sorry, August 30th, 1846, I was united in marriage to Elder James White. Elder White had enjoyed a deep experience in the Advent movement, and our labors in proclaiming the truth had been blessed of God. Our hearts were what? Well, what? Who threw off the papacy in terms of the nation? The United Colonies. Who throws off Satan in the church? The united efforts of Ellen and James White. It's the same principles. 
Amen. They were united, and from that moment on, they fought for God's cause. Just like when the colonies became united, what did they do? They fought for God's cause. Amen? Amen. That's why Aurea said this unity is important. If you don't have this unity among brethren, we cannot fight for God's cause. This is why we we are long in the things that we're going through. There is no unity. Amen? So that was marriage. The Lord gave them marriage, showing them that it was necessary to be united in this one government. Amen? Now go to the next word. In the autumn of 1846, we began to observe the Bible Sabbath and to teach and what? Because they were united. You can only defend and teach the Sabbath when you're one. Yes. Right? Amen. Amen. Look, look at the dates. The first one says August 30th. Is August 30th the fall? Just before the fall, right? Look at the next quote. In the fall, in the autumn of the same year, right after they got married, the Lord says, okay, you're ready to defend the Sabbath. Right after they, got, right after they were united in their efforts to do the work, the Lord says, now you can go forward into battle, united. Amen? It's the same thing with the United States. They had to first declare independence. What happened after they declared independence? Who knows? They had war. The American Revolution. Yep, as soon as they were united, war. So they defended. Same thing. As soon as James and Ellen was united, what was about to come on the Adventist church? War. War. But the Lord had his army. Amen? And as soon as Ellen died, what happened? They fled. Right? The Adventist church fled in all directions. The Philistines defeated them. Amen? So, let us continue. It says in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, God created heaven and earth. So God created whom? Man in his own image. And in the image of God created he them, male, sorry, created he him, male and female created he. So man is both what? Male and? Man equals male and female. So when the Constitution say that man is endowed with inalienable rights, who is he talking about? Male and female. Amen? Let us continue. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, verse 20 to 24, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were what? Finished. Finished, which means creation is finished. Amen. And all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he has made. And God what? Blessed the Sabbath day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work. At the end of a particular work, he gives them the Sabbath. Amen? Let us continue on. Verse 20. And Adam gave names to the cattle and to the fowls of the air and to the beasts, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found what? Okay, so who's working here? The man. Amen? Yes. Thank you, Sasha. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. 
And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now what? Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So when the man finishes working, what does God institute? Marriage. When God finished work, he instituted the Sabbath. When man finished work, what did God institute? Marriage. And on October 22nd or thereafter, what did God give them? Marriage and the Sabbath. Because God announced the finishing of one work and he announced the finishing of a, of a particular work for the men of that time. Amen? Because they that were what? Ready, went in with him and the door was, that work was ended. But it was only the beginning of a new work because Adam went to tend to the garden for how long? For eternity. So how long were Adventists supposed to tend to the garden that was given to them on October 22nd? For eternity. But we turned from this work, right? We're, the, we're responsible for bad marriages in America as Adventists. And we have to see it. We don't set the standard. And bad worship. We don't set the example. God gave that specifically to us. And last night I did a study on, the, on Aaron's rod that budded. Aaron's rod that budded is Adventist. Right? We'll touch on that probably on Wednesday night. But I want something that I just wanted to introduce that, pick that interest. Go look at it. Aaron's rod that budded teaches you who has the message at the end of the world. That's what it's teaching you. Right? So when you come into the most holy place, there are three things. The law, right? The thing that points you to sin. The message, right? Which is the manna. Mm -hmm. And the people who can partake in the work dealing with the manna and the law. Amen? So right in there. So Adventist is responsible because a nation's um, ruin is due to its... Who is, the, who is the religious leaders that God left in this... He established this nation, gave them their religious leaders. Yeah. And we are the ones who have America in this condition. Amen? Michelle, I see your hand. Yes. Yes, they had power over the nations. Go ahead, Michelle. I said that the work of man was done. Man's work for that time was done because he says, come and the door is shut. They finished that work. Mm -hmm. Just like Christ, when he finished that work, what did he do? He shut the door. So he's showing that man, him and man was in, was in united at that point. Yes, a new, because um, the Lord told Adam, be fruitful and when once he gave him the woman, when when Adam finished that work of naming the animals, he gave him a woman, right? And then he told him, "Now I have a new work for you: be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth." Right? So the work never stops; it just transitions. Go ahead, Kenar. I mean, that's nice. Under the first and second, it's God and man working together. Mm -hmm. Under the third, it should be all Christ. Yeah, amen. Because, you know, most holy places are only the high priest. Only the high priest go in there. And then the rest 
Amen. All right, so end from the beginning. We're going to read again this portion of the Declaration of Independence. And now we're going to read it in light of God's people. Because what happened in that time, America divorced. Amen? Uh, true Protestants divorced. Amen? And God gave them together marriage and the Sabbath. Right? Because God has finished creating a land. Right? A new land. And a new people. A man and a woman. Amen? And now they were to go forward and replenish the earth. So let's read now the Declaration of Independence because we have to make it again at the end of the world. Only now it's spiritual. But let's read these words in that context. Everyone following? We, God's people, hold these truths to be what? Self-evident. That men are created. Or in other words, that in the beginning, God created heaven and earth, right? Male and female created he. Them. This is what this is saying. Amen? Bring the scriptures. It says, and that they are endowed by the creator with what? Certain what? Marriage and the Sabbath. That's what God gave his people when he made them. That's what he gave them when he made them in October 22nd, 1844. Amen? He endowed them with marriage and the Sabbath. In other words, he endowed them with the first four and the last six. Amen? Then he says that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights from the Son Lila onwards, to secure these rights, what must happen? The Lord must come and institute a new government in this earth. Amen? Deriving their just powers from whom? Is this Christ just coming and take us away without, without our, our, our consent? No, we have to give him consent. Amen? We have to die to self, right? So that Christ can take over. Amen? There is your consent. Amen? They that were ready. Amen? It says, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of governing becomes what? Destructive. When does America become destructive? When they speak as a? Because they come up how? Gentle, not destructive, right? It says, when any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to do what? Alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its power in such a form as to them shall seem most likely to effect their what? Safety and he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. No, no, no. I'm just making a point that this is what it's saying. Because it says when that government gets too destructive, you have the right to do what? Change that government and find safety in a new government. Yeah. Yes. And they're going to search for refuge in the wrong place. They're going to go to the man of sin. It was an insurrection. I, I get what you're saying. Yes. But, but it was based on this, it wasn't. That's what, that's what he 
that's yeah. Insur there are true insurrections, Wes. Oh, I know. It was an insurrection. That's all I'm saying. It just was the people saw and the people acted in a manner, in, 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 in the right principle, amen, to change a new government. Right. But it was an insurrection. Insurrection is what it is. So they're going to hate us for this, by the way. Just so we know, they're going to hate us for this. Yes. Amen. Yes. Where it is. Da, 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 da. It's happiness, right? It says, prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for what? LMI says, don't bring the time of trouble before the time of trouble. We see things, don't we? Yeah. But those are light. It's not time to work, Lord. Because they've not made void thy. That's the thing that allows us to call for this change. Right? For now, we have to suffer how? Patiently. Right? Let's read it. It says, um, And accordingly, all experience has shown that mankind are most, more disposed to suffer, while evils are what? Meaning that as, if we could take it, we'll take it. That's what he's saying. If we could take it, we'll take it. Right? It says, Then to right themselves by abolishing the form, to which they're accustomed. Man would rather suffer a little bit than to change the government. You see why the crisis must come? Because men will suffer a little bit under Satan and not change that government. But when the crisis comes, that's the one thing that forces them to cry out for change. Amen? So, and Satan knows this. And this is why he doesn't bring cer certain suffering upon men. Because if he does, what is man going to do? They're going to cry out for God. Right? And be like, we don't want this type of government. So he's, he's giving man what they could bear. But the Bible says God also gives man what he could bear. Amen? It says, but when, the law, when a long train of abuses and what? And this usurpations is the constant speaking of a dragon as a dragon all the way up to the Sunday law. Everybody understand? Mm -hmm. Slowly but surely, America is usurping the rights of its citizens, right? And then it says, pursuing invariably the same object invinces a design that reduces them to what? Absolute. This is what Satan did on the third uh, temptation. He threw off the mask of, um, of angel of light and he showed himself to Christ as the despot that he was. Yes, amen? And then he says, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government. This is what Wesley was saying, right? But Wes, that was still light and trifling, right? And I, I'm with you. Yes. Amen. Nope. But even that wasn't enough, right? They, they, they needed apostasy. Once they apostatized, who did the Lord send? Nebuchadnezzar. He changed that government. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So it says, um, it is absolute, sorry, it is their right, it is their duty, so we have a right and a duty at the Sunday law to not follow anything that goes against God's law. Amen. Mm -hmm. This is what he's teaching. For now, there are things we take. If they punish us for certain things, what do we do? We suffer it. Because yeah. the time for the change of the government is not yet. No, but when that time comes, we are not to stand idly by and take it. 
Amen. Because they've committed adultery, fornication. So it says, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the what? Come on, you all got to see it. Such has been the what? Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony or the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's when she's killed. America comes up through this system. America is going to fall by going against that system. But God is going to raise up a new nation. Not an earthly kingdom, because he says, my kingdom is not of this world, but a new nation that the Lord is going to raise up. And it says, um, such had been the patient sufferance of these colonies, or the little praying company. And such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of Satan, and that's the Satan because it's the prince, right? The history of Satan is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over the churches and the states, right? Mm -hmm. To prove this, let, let what? This is why we begin to preach at the Sunday law. Because now we have to prove to the world why we're not following this system. And now the Bible says the message goes, it swells into a loud cry. Which two messages goes before all the world? The first and the, and the third. So when the third message comes around the Sunday, well, I don't have it here, we know it is time to, to take all our evidences before the candid world. Amen. Amen. All right? So the first, second, and third angel's message goes to the whole world at the Sunday law. Amen? And at that point, we begin to transition into a new government. We begin the divorce of one government and the marriage of the other government. Now, you could also see that in Daniel 7, right? Because it says, then I would, sh then I would know the what? It says, let the facts be shown to the candid world. <laughs> what did he say, what Daniel says? Then I would know the what? The facts of the fourth beast. And he goes on to say, the fourth beast um, made war with the saints. That's the facts. Amen? It goes on to say that it did that up until 1798. That's the facts. Amen? Then it goes on to show it's the judgment was set, right? But how many parts are there to the judgment? The judgment of the dead and the judgment of the... So one part of this is fulfilled. But the other part, which includes the judgment of the living, is yet to come. Amen? That's the facts. This is what we will bring forth. The facts. And it says, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to whom? Verse 27. God's people will receive power over the nations. And God's people will receive Christ in the second coming. Amen? It's the same history over and over and over. And I praise God for what he's opening up to our mind. He's arming us for the conflict ahead. I pray that we'll go back and look at these things that you may be able to say, God taught me. And not Swindon said. All right? It's important that you'll be able to say, God taught me these things. 
And so now I can defend myself. Because when the time comes for you to throw off the government, if you throw off the government based on what I said, the government is going to overthrow you. Yep. Right? You have to be able to throw off that government based on divine providence. That's what the America did in the beginning. They said it was, they had the, God's providential protection yeah. in their work. We also need God's providential protection now and when that time comes that we may be able to throw off the, the, the government of Satan and put on the government of Christ. Amen? You've got to have oil in your vessels. Shall we close with a word of prayer? Most kind, merciful, and gracious Father, we want to thank you so much for uh, the time spent, Lord, uh, in discussion, in learning of the truths, Lord, in which you are opening up uh, to our minds, helping us to understand history, Lord, for it is important that we understand the old, for you said, like, um, this is where the weary find rest. So, Lord, please uh, help us to, to continue to walk in that light and reveal to us, Lord, uh, what is happening now and what will uh, come in the future. And we pray that this Sabbath may continue to be a delight and that, Lord, your Holy Spirit will continue to bless us with truths from on high. Forgive us for our sins, Lord, and if there is anything wrong that was said, please, Lord, correct it in our hearts. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.